0: We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori.
1: And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real-life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our
0: eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So
1: we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Rhonda. Hi, Laura. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. We get to podcast. I know. It's it's so great. It's so great. It's been a little bit.
0: Yeah, it has. It has. All right. Um, I have a little opener, just a fun question for you. Okay.
1: All right. What would be a little guilty pleasure that you have? Easy. (laughs) (laughs) You probably know this too. My guilty pleasure is once a week at work. I make my trip over about five minutes away to McDonald's. (laughs) for one cheeseburger a cheeseburger i, I love just one cheeseburger. just one you cheeseburger.
0: don't get two no because the cheeseburgers are small you could get two i know
1: but i almost feel like two is just i a little <laughs> full one it's like i really eat it slow i enjoy it I love a McDonald's cheeseburger. Oh my goodness. So I usually hold out to like a Wednesday at work and I'll make my way over to get a cheeseburger once a week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's my guilty pleasure. (laughs) That is awesome. I ate way too much McDonald's when I was in college. And so I pretty much just don't eat it. In fact, I ate so much McDonald's that I got a gallstone. I'm not kidding. That I, is crazy. I got a gallstone when from I was like McDonald's 20. Food. I swear it's from McDonald's <laughs> cuz I ate it almost every day. Oh my god. I was 20. That's not normal. You don't get gallstones when you're 20. Oh, no, that
1: is not normal. Yeah,
0: I know that's really gross. But once a week cheeseburger, I'm sure that's fine. I think it's okay. <laughs>
1: the one little cheese, my little flat pancake, it's yeah. so little. Oh yeah. Man. Oh. Do you I'm have a guilty so. pleasure?
0: Well, I mean, I don't have one that's so predictable. You you are so pre- <laughs> you know, you like your things that you like so much so that if you love it, you'll eat it every single day. Like you're very, you know, you're I like really everything. So anything could be a guilty pleasure for me. But I would say that like, if I'm sort of tipping the scale into whether it's like stress eating or like, just like having to like, like fill a craving or whatever, it's probably bringing either popcorn or chips into my bedroom and Mm -hmm. eating, eating them in bed. While I'm watching a show or watching oh, a movie, like then I know, okay, I probably have tipped over to like stress eating or whatever, okay, so which I like, don't do it very often. I really don't. When you start yeah, to yeah, eat yeah. in your bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snacks. Yeah. yeah. Now I know I probably shouldn't <laughs> have brought it over to stress eating. <laughs> <laughs> the guilty pleasure is not necessarily stress eating, but oh,
1: anyways, so yeah, yeah,
0: but probably chips. Chips would be mine. Oh, I love potato chips.
1: Yummy. I do. Okay. I love them. I think you and I have a funny story about potato chips because there is one potato chip that's really hard to find. Oh, what the the bait the, baked, the um, baked dill pickle? Do you love those? I love those too. What? But I'm like you in the sense of when I buy them, I actually give my children the right act. Like this is Oh my gosh, so my I. snack. I like, oh if my you open this I bag.
0: I know you love those chips
1: too. I didn't no, realize. I, I that. I love
0: them. I love them. Oh my gosh, they're so good. They're the Old Dutch baked. <sighs> I, they're so hard to find. You can only find them in corner stores occasionally random randomly and occasionally and usually it's actually small town corner stores it's a little tip so if you're on your way to a cottage or something (laughs) go pull up (laughs) at le depeneur
1: or the (laughs) the corner store and pick us up some that's just a little slide (laughs) (laughs) but no i remember you like in passing you were talking about this i was like oh i gotta remember to tell Lori. no like literally when i find them and it's usually not the big bags anymore no you now only find the little bags i'll buy like five or six and i'll be like if any of you eat these chips like, my kids know I have a spot, and I'm like, do not. Like, <laughs> the ra- you eat everything. And I'm not picky, like, in the sense of, I, I don't, there, yes, I have things I love, but I'll share. But the old Dutch chips, I, know. I won't share. I know. They're so good. No. And the Farm Boy wine gums. I don't know what it is about those. The I Farm Boy t- wine gums? Wine gums. I don't know why I like them so much. Farm Boy?
0: Farm Boy, it's oh. a Farm Boy brand. So random, like the the gummy, the gummy i'm um, yeah. the Jube Jubes.
1: Yeah, but they're like oh the sour Jube Jubes. But no, they're wine gums. What? And they kind of have like a sour oh sugar stuff on, them, and they're big oh they're delicious oh my gosh I've never those even are the seen two them. things those are the only two things anything else be like, no sure. one else can eat nobody else can eat them
0: <laughs> <laughs> i don't let anybody eat my chips either when i'm eating them the, g- the girls love them too so they'll be like can i have one and so i'll give them one <laughs> literally one <laughs> one i'm like here you go you can have one and
1: you're like and i do not feel bad that i am not sharing <laughs> if you would see my grocery bill i share all my money with you but this chip bag is mine Oh, oh yeah it is that oh, is funny but man. i remember you talking about yeah. it i always meant to tell you i love those too oh my gosh so now we know if you ever go to it <laughs> oh. if we ever see it, we're totally buying for each other but oh definitely they will well, be hard now. to
0: share with anyone oh yeah <laughs> You'll have your little hoard stack. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't have any. Do you? I know. You're like, if someone comes over. You're like, I'm not breaking open that oh bag No, yet. no, that, they don't come out at parties. <laughs>
1: And they're hid. So even if the cupboard is open, they're behind, behind, behind the paper towels. You know, like they're at the back of that cupboard that have like, you know, random things, random things no in, food it. in it. No, it's at the back, hidden, stuff. in. That is too good. It's not oh that my funny? Gosh, I know everyone, yeah. I hopefully people are laughing because we all have these oh, hilarious yeah little like things about us that when you find out you're like oh my goodness i'm the same with certain things it's funny
0: that is so funny that is so funny well um this morning i I thought maybe today we could just talk a little bit about what god is doing what is god speaking in our Mm -hmm. devotion time and our time Mm -hmm. with the lord because again like each day that you go into the word of god you know into your devotions the lord's sort of highlighting some different things or speaking in different ways or you know it looks kind of different in different seasons of our lives but You know, even uh, recently I was reading through um, the book of Hebrews and uh, this is kind of an odd scripture, but it really, really struck me. And I'm just going to read the scripture and just share a little bit about what struck me about it and see, you know, kind of where this conversation goes. Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Sounds great. So Hebrews nine, I'm reading from Hebrews nine verses one to five, and it says now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness of these things, we cannot now speak in detail. So again, this is just a summary of many chapters of mm-hmm. the Old Testament that explains in great, great detail about the tent of the Lord and the dwelling place for the presence mm-hmm. of God in the very beginning with the children of Israel. And, you know, as I just read through this scripture and just this this very, like this description that didn't have that much detail to it, I started to think about, the earthly dwelling place of God and how his presence used to dwell in a physical place a place where people would go to could walk like by the the build it was a tent so back then it was a tent but then turned into the temple could walk by could kind of come near or see it in the distance it, it there was something tangible about it something natural about it something that the eye could see and all of the rituals and all of the like ser- like the ceremonies of to be clean in order to approach the priests all like every sort of tradition it was very specific and extremely detailed and god required absolute and complete obedience to even be approaching in the different festivals and all of these different things now i don't know everything about all of that and that's not necessarily what struck me um, but I just thought about the natural and the tangible sense of God's presence and how, you know, if someone approached it, if one of the priests approached it unworthily, he he died. Like mm-hmm. the presence of yes. God, the manifest presence of God was so powerful and so intense and so tangible that literally you could not approach it unless there was complete obedience to every ritual that was required for cleansing in order to approach right and to make these sacrifices and to enter the place on behalf of the people and all of that stuff i just started to think about the power of this presence the power of the manifest presence of god and then i started to think about like okay so then jesus comes right and he is god and he begins to teach and he begins to show this different way and he he begins to bring this connection between the old covenant and the old way and this new covenant that he's trying to bring and he starts you know he starts to tell the story and he says literally to his disciples like i'm gonna go i must go but someone i'm gonna send someone for you as a helper i'm gonna send someone to be with you and even greater things are you gonna do and and i you know, we read that scripture and we're like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus, there's uh, there's nothing greater we could ever do than you. Nothing. What? Like, we can barely fathom this. Then Jesus dies. You know, he dies, he raises, and then he pours out his spirit on all flesh, on us. Now we become the new temple. We, we become the dwelling place for the presence of God. And so I just, I started to think about all this and I was like, Oh, like there was this sense inside of me that was like, you know, I, I almost was, I almost was thinking, if only we could go back to understanding the reverence and the holiness of God's manifest presence dwelling here on the earth, like, do we realize that Presence. God poured his spirit out and it lives inside of us. But yet I feel like we as humans, like we do with everything, have so just cheapened that presence of God. Like we haven't honored that. We we don't treat that as holy as the way of old when all of these rituals were required and this like obedience to the letter was required in order to approach, right? Right and I, I was thinking even i remember when we went to israel and you know we visited some of these sacred sites and there was different people who at these different sites were you know crying profusely and kissing these like relics and these places that again now we realize they're just they're just stone they're just like like something natural that's not there anymore because God's presence now dwells in us. But they were treating it as though, again, the presence and power of God was Mm -hmm. in those things, those Mm -hmm. physical things, right? All of these things were just going through my head as I just thought about, man, how we cheapen the very presence of God that dwells in us and how do we steward that and just felt such conviction even for my own heart and life like Lord like help me to understand and I and I I feel like part of the reason why this happens is because we don't really know God we don't really know or really understand the depth of his presence the power of his presence that lives within us because if we did, I think we would live so differently. Mm. I think we would live so differently. I think we think that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God within us is there to serve us, mm. to serve our needs, to help us mm. when we're struggling. And and he is. But I but I think there's so something so much greater. I think there's something so much greater that's inside of us that, you know, we have not yet tapped into uh, the fullness of. And I just, my my heart longs for... For that, we've almost cheap it, cheapened it like a McDonald's cheeseburger.
1: Oh, it's so true. You know, like
0: we've made it so wow. familiar. Wow. It's almost like this temple, this dwelling is as common as a McDonald's
1: mm-hmm. cheeseburger mm-hmm. to us, you know, as ordinary. Wow. That is really, really profound. When you just take a step back and you think of your own life, you think of things that you allow, things you watch, things you say, things you listen to not that we're talking about legalism here, but when you start to understand the the sacred spirit of God that indwells with you, it really takes a step back to think like, is this, is this what I should be doing here? Like God, what pleases you? Like you're dwelling inside of me. It's not because it goes on in the scripture. I love the scripture in first Corinthians cause I'm reading in Corinthians. So even as you shared this morning about the temple, it's funny, I'm reading in first Corinthians six and it says in verse 19, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. That's a really just that powerful. You're thinking, don't you realize like you just saying that it's like, don't you realize like this sacred, my spirit lives in you and I've given it to you like a gift from the divine creator has given us his spirit and we do not belong to ourselves. And it goes on to say, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. And that familiarity, exactly what you're saying. It's like, I don't belong to myself but we live somehow like the spirit serves us and we actually get to kind of live this, this way about it. It's all about us. It's actually not. We've been bought with a price. The spirit of God with lives within us and it says we must honor God with our body. Like it's about our worship of God is how we treat that spirit within us, his spirit within us. And even as you were talking, I just had a cross-reference in Second Corinthians and it talks about in uh, chapter six about the temple of the living God And this is what God says. I I love this says, as God said, I will live in them and walk among them. This is when we just even unwrap that like this is incredible. I will live in them. That never happened before Jesus Christ, that full indwelling of the spirit of God. That never happened. We've been given a new way, a better way, the way like we're filled with the spirit of God. I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That in itself, and we just even meditate on that, exactly what you're saying, Laurie. It really is. God is living within us. He's asking us to come out to be separate because he's within us and not to have idolatry, touch filthy things, because he's our he's the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is within us. Holy Spirit, it's holy. So it's not about what pleases us, it's about always being submitted to say, God, what pleases you? Show me, because even things that are good or things I might think are not unrighteous, I'm not seeing them through your eyes. Show me, reveal your Holy Spirit is within me I want to welcome you. This is your tabernacle. You abide. And all through, even in John, he says, I will like abide in me and I will abide in you. It's about that abiding in God. And he wants, he wants to abide in us. This is his desire is to fully abide. And for us to like, and he says, and I will welcome you. It's not about us welcoming God. It's about him welcoming himself inside of us. It really is. We've got that mixed up and we're always kind of putting ourselves above. Like it's about us. It's about us serving God. No, it's about like, no, sorry. God kind of serving what we need or being there to equip us. No, we're actually bought with a price. Our lives are not our own. This body is God's and my body is there to serve as a place for him to be welcomed and to abide in so he might have his way through my life. That's it. That's it. So it's so powerful. Like I I know we're unpacking this a little bit and even as you're talking you can feel the depth and I know it's even hard to articulate kind of where that goes but it really is about God revealing to us areas in our lives that really need to be cleaned up so he can have full enthroning in our hearts as king.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that is at the at the at the bottom line that is what it's about. That's what needs to happen. Mm. And you know, <coughs> I I think that it's important to say that you know the Old Testament, the Old Testament way, the Old Covenant, the Law, um, even the Temple, the Tabernacle, all of that was, like, like God designed all of that to show us and to remind us that salvation is not possible through the law that that we're broken and we cannot keep we we actually can't fulfill all of the law the rituals all the cleansing it actually cannot absolutely cover us that the only way the only way for us for our sin to be atoned for was through for jesus to give his life to us for him to live sinless Mm -hmm. for him to Mm -hmm. you know face temptation, but be in complete obedience to his father and give his life Mm. for us. That was Mm -hmm. the only way that we actually can be covered. And so we're living in this other part of the story under this beautiful like umbrella or blanket of common grace that comes from God himself. Like God himself on the earth right now has poured out common grace over each of us, which I, I think is what makes us Able to live with the presence of the Spirit of God within us, and still be sinful. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not die. Mm-hmm. I, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I'm not trying to be dramatic about this, but it's but true, I true though. But I actually believe like that there is this like there's this space in God and this holiness. I mean, even you know, just this Old Testament scripture. How many times did it say that you know? It was about the ho- an earthly place of holiness, the holy of holies, the holy place, like the, a place where people died if they entered, if they weren't clean. Like this is this is very much. This hasn't changed mm-hmm. about God's presence, mm-hmm. but yet God has poured out His common grace on us to say, "No, my Son has taken the punishment on Himself. Mm-hmm. There's grace mm-hmm. available for all of us. So now, your my presence, I have poured my presence out in you. Yet." There's still the war of sin in our flesh, you know, the war of sin Mm -hmm. in our spirit um, within us. Right. So there is this just this tension, I think, that we that we navigate as we try to embrace the fullness of God's spirit within us, realizing this war that we're we're in with sin like Mm -hmm. constantly, right? Like we cannot fully embrace the holiness Mm -hmm. of God because of the wrestle of our flesh, the continual wrestle of our flesh and and the recognition of our failure (laughs) to live in complete holiness next to Mm -hmm. a holy God. But I'm so thankful for that grace. I'm so thankful for his mercy that Mm -hmm. is available, that allows us to live mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not i'm not, i know it sounds so it sounds so weird to t- to say but it's true like he it's just true take us out. like it's not even that he would <laughs> take us out i actually think the gra the gravity of oh. our sin next to his holiness oh. would kill us Absolutely. i think we can't we no. can't physically live no in that much power and glory no. and presence like it's not physically humanly possible no for sin to come into that space right So this is the only way, but yet I still think that there's something in that for us to tap into about his presence that has nothing to do with us at all. That has everything to do with God and everything to do with the people he loves Mm. that he's called us to serve, that he's Mm -hmm. called us to bring the light to. I think Mm -hmm. that's all it's about. And yet we reduce it to a McDonald's cheeseburger of like, you know, God, can you help me with now? I, I don't want to like, I don't, I'm not trying to like belittle even the requests that we make. Cause I think God loves us so, so much that he wants us to invite him into every single space. Mm-hmm. But I just think our, the importance that we place on sort of the things that serve us in contrast to what he actually wants to do through
1: our lives ah there's just something we're missing don't you think i totally agree and i love that you talked about grace because exactly this is not a talk of more condemnation or like the law if i do abc yes yes yes. god is now going to abide more in me no we don't want to go down that road no that's not the road but it is this thing of like i love even for as you're talking laurie second corinthians 6 opens up with okay as god's partners what? right this is a this partnership is the invitation. this is the invitation he has for that's us. that's exactly the invitation he's brought us into a partnership with him to abide with us to do his work on earth we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of god's kindness and then ignore it i just feel like even as you were talking i was like that scripture just came right to mind this is exactly what we're talking about we are not saying because it's a gift of grace that no one can boast we even in our most righteous, they're filthy rags. Like everything, nothing works outside of Jesus. Like it's only by grace we've been saved, not by works that none of us can boast about what we've done. However, what we're saying is now that we've received this gift of incredible gift of grace given with the highest price, the highest cost, it's saying, I beg you, don't accept this marvelous gift and ignore it. This is what you're talking about the cheeseburger. It's ignoring this yeah. gift, like reducing yeah. the power yeah. that's within us
0: yeah. to something as common as McDonald's cheeseburger. That's
1: right. <laughs> Instead of living with the most utmost respect, all gratitude, humility. And from that place of such gratitude, because it is God's delight. Yeah. Like God went on to say here, like when I was reading before that he wants to be welcomed inside of us. This is the, his heart. He, Jesus dwelt with us with sinners he came and dwelt with us yeah like it's his heart to partner with us to be with us to abide with us it's his delight we're his children it's his. he's not looking for perfection but he's looking for that acknowledgement of that exact thing like i've received this and i am eternally grateful for all that you've done i will start singing those that like eternal praises now by the way i live and because of that, I'm not going to ignore this grace. And so, and this gift helped me to live with the utmost gratitude. That's what we're getting to. It's a heart of acknowledging that this is extraordinary. What's been given to us. We don't want to minimize it, be so familiar with it and just kind of ignore it like it's saying, but to embrace it, to thank God daily for it and to walk with such humility and with such a joy such a joy that we get to be a part of what God's doing and a great sensitivity to be like wow the spirit of God's within me my life is not mine I get to partner with God what is that is that like if nothing else is given we've been given everything we need and so I think it's that talk is coming not from hey get this together you know be better listen stop watching this stop doing that it's like but when we do this when we move from a place of gratitude and awe and thanksgiving and awareness of the gift of grace, it takes care of all of those other things, and we just are working on our salvation. This is the working out of what salvation has done in our lives—that we become more like Jesus. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, no, it is. That is that is so so. I love that. I love that, Rhonda. That's so good such a powerful conversation and it stirs like it stirs me too it stirs me up so much because yeah you're right it's not about legalism and it's not about like do this or do that but it is about the fear of the lord yes like it is about understanding the gravity of this gift that we have been given in the Holy Spirit. Mm. And you know, Jesus said, I've given you authority. I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions.
1: Hashtag crushing snakes.
0: Crushing snakes, (laughs) you know, but but it is about that. It's about the authority of being able to stand in the midst of darkness Mm. and commanding it to go. It's about seeing the work of the kingdom happen here on earth Mm -hmm. and being conduits of Mm -hmm. that work. Right. And I think there's just this, this longing in our hearts, but also like Lord unveil our eyes to be able to, understand the order of how, why you've said it has to be this way. And what is our responsibility to obedience to the word of God? Like what's our responsibility in order to see the fullness of his kingdom expressed here on earth? Do you know what I mean? So again, that's the relation to the way of old, the law, the complete obedience to the letter of like, even the type of Um, the type of materials that were used. I mean, everything was so specifically laid out. And, you know, if you've read through (laughs) the Torah and read through, like, it's like you want to stick a fork in your eyes as you're reading. You're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of detail. Well, detailed people probably love it. They're like, wow, this is awesome. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of detail. But for us today, it is in that same way, in that same heart, God's saying, no, no, follow my word. My word has the way to experience the fullness of all that I have for you. This is the way of life, right? Mm -hmm. Choose this way. This is the way of life. And so I just, I can just see, it's like I can see something, but I can't fully understand it. And my prayer really is, Lord, like, May I decrease so that you can increase. God, show Mm -hmm. me where I've got it out of order, where I've messed the order of this up. Because I do believe with all of my heart that, you know, the Lord has poured out so much abundance and life and blessing and even here on earth things for us to enjoy like really we see that even all through the scriptures we even see how jesus lived Mm -hmm. he lived in fellowship and he lived enjoying and and having sharing meals with people and sitting and reclining at tables and going to people's homes and like like the fullness of relationship and life and the joy of this like of the world of the world the things that we have here on earth he's given to us as a blessing but i feel like we take those things and we place those as more important than God you know Mm -hmm. I want this over God I want that bigger house I want you know this promotion I want that and we we like we sort of take all of that and take that into our own hands and try to use those things for fulfillment where I think God you know, wants to have preeminence, lordship, absolute lordship over every area of our life so he can pour out the fullness of life that he's promised, but it all has to be in its rightful place in its rightful order, right? And so I just keep praying. And even as we have this conversation, I'm saying like, Lord, show me what is out of order. Show Mm. me where I've placed things over you. Show me where I'm putting too much effort energy my own strength my own independence my own way over your way because i i i know I'm missing something. I know I am. And it doesn't come from like this striving or earning. It comes from this desire to truly bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. Mm. Um, And I I know, I know there's more for us here. I really do. And I know this part of this cry is a longing for heaven. It's a longing for the fullness of all that God has promised poured out. But there's also, I think, more for us here. I really do. I want to see the manifest presence of God. I want to see him pour out healing and power and freedom and salvation on a massive scale. But I, and I do believe that's possible, but mm. <laughs> I don't know yet. You know, what is it, Lord? So my heart is literally, God, just show me what's out of order. Show me what, what do you need to do? What do you need to do in my life? What, what am I not seeing? Mm. How have I mixed this
1: up? Cause you've given it all to me. It's all there. Open my eyes so I can see it. So good. And what an interesting season we've come out of where literally so much has been removed to draw us back of what we really love. You know, what has that, what is that true depth like? And that's exactly what has happened. You know, things have been taken away, experiences, tr- like just the big wows, yeah. the momentum, you know, all of those things that you think would, they kind of fed perhaps. A false, a, a false awareness wow. of how close maybe you were to God, or how, wow. how you really were doing spiritually, and all that being stripped away has really said, "Do you really love me?" Wow. Like, how resolved are you to seek my face? What has come now, and even look at the church as it's evolving, is a church growing hotter for God, or have other things taken the place of God? And wow. I think this season has revealed what's already been there in our lives, and I, I, I find it very interesting to step back. And to say, okay, God, like, help me, exactly what you're saying, to have every moment of every day, that sensitivity to feel when something just clicks in the wrong spot, I feel it. Like, I literally am walking to that place that I'm like, okay, I repent of that. God, I realign that. You are my first love. You are, if that's an idolatry, if that's something that's an idolatry in my life please God, like help me, help me to see, because I am not trustworthy in myself. I am not good in myself. It's only the spirit of God. We are only enabled by the spirit of God. We are not able to do this on our own. It's only by the spirit of God. But when he comes in and he brings things to light, then I am required to be obedient. That's our requirement is the obedience. But I can't see, I'm already in darkness. I can't see more dark. Like I can't see it. He's got to illuminate it. And that's a beautiful partnership we're talking about. It's not like we're even with God. It's God saying, I'm gonna partner with you in a sense, <laughs> I'm gonna come down <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna fill you with light, my light, my truth, and I'm gonna help you and I'm gonna move through your life through my power, but I'm gonna partner in helping sustain you right. and help you to do what I've called you to do because in yourself, we would never, we would not be here 2,000 years later without the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We would not endure we would not endure God knew yep. in the time of man, like that old Testament came to an end. Jesus came to sustain the church for the purpose to come. This yeah. was what we needed. We would not be sustained without the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. the truth because law in itself would not hold us. It didn't hold them in the old Testament, no. and it would definitely would not hold us now. That's right. And so thank God that he sustains us. And like we're saying, it is not about that striving. And about perfection it's about the beautiful awareness of who is with us and for us and abiding in us and as we just are we meditate on that and as god grows that awareness and helps us we will be what god has called us to be and each of us need each other to be what god's called us to be so we can see the just the beauty of the church rise in this time but i am looking at the landscape right now to be very honest and i i'm I I'm really it's incredible to watch the church when I say the church in general yeah because it hasn't I don't know if more fervors come to the church in the magnitude but in a pocket when I'm watching this pocket of people the fire is blazing right but I see in the other landscape perhaps some of the church has replaced God and even with other things it's become convenient. We are in an age of convenience. And this is not a judgmental thing. I think it's really where God's leading all of us in conviction to be like, where have I been replaced in convenience or being familiar? Is the fervency burning on your own? That's God, us leaning and allowing him to stir the fire. Even that is him stirring the fire in our heart. Like us, but us coming, submitting to him, being aware, being like even having this conversation and saying, God, I'm submitted for you to stoke the fire, to remove anything that would cool me down that would stop me from running forward what is cooling me down yeah what's, what's making cooling me fall asleep down the fire of yeah. my faith? what's making me lulled what's lulling me it's wow. kind of like it's good stuff but is it the god stuff like is it the god burning fire of what i need to be because guess what this life is going to pass through and i'm accountable for it i want to spend it out for jesus i want my life to be lived as fully as i can on this side of heaven until I get to heaven. I don't want to wait till heaven does. Like you're saying, I want to start to pull as much as I can on this side yeah. because there's that longing for the fullness of God. So anyway, I don't want to be cooled down. I think this is what we're talking about. Like what's cooling down, what's lulling us, what's making us sleepy, what is tuning out the the reverence and the awe and the thanksgiving of who is with us. So that is,
0: no, that's so good. That is so good, Rhonda, honestly. And if I reflect back on, the year that we've had whether it yeah whether it's you know the year of pandemic but even even going before that just sort of the things that the lord started to speak to us about um, started to put his finger on started Mm -hmm. to say hey this has been there for a long time Mm -hmm. but now no Mm -hmm. it's not i'm 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 like you said illuminating something that needs to go and what are you going to do right you know but i even think about how both of us just you and I and separately but really felt like social media and Mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. and you know sort of all of that world was just not something that the Lord wanted you know as part of what we were taking in as Mm -hmm. part of what we were and you know at different times and for different reasons sort of put that aside and so it's been like a long time now maybe even yeah, co- coming up on a year, you know, eight, nine months or so since, uh, since I've been on any form of social media. And a couple of times I've picked up my phone and sort of, I still have my accounts and, you know, sort of scrolled through, you know, a feed or whatever. And every time I do, I realize, wow, like there's nothing here. <laughs> like I'm not missing anything, but yet still because it's such a dominant part of our sort of culture and our cultural way I still feel this like pull sometimes to want to go back and talk about exciting things that are going on and want to sort of you know celebrate or promote or you know put some and you know I just I I it's like one of the things one of the things that I feel like God is trying to just reorient and, and again, that's a personal thing for me. And I know it's been personal mm-hmm. for you too, but I I feel like these are the kinds of things, the kinds of things that like, would we say that they're good or bad, depending on how you use it and depending on like what hold it has on your heart, anything that's good can become bad, mm-hmm. can become mm-hmm. sinful Absolutely. Um, in and of itself, maybe not depending on how you use it. But, but again, I feel like the Lord is actually leaning into even those kinds of things. I mean, of late, I found that, like, I I can barely even watch TV or a movie, not because, like, not because I'm, it's like, it's not coming from, like, a, I'm so holy that I can't watch TV. Not at all. It's like, there's no interest <laughs> at all. Like, I'll sit and turn something on and I actually feel like I'm just staring at the, the screen with light and movement and I'm not even paying attention and it's not keeping my attention Mm. at all there's Mm. no life in it there's no joy in it I find Mm. but I'm also feeling a little bit like well what what do I do with you know some of those extra time that time of you know when you are just like you can't read anymore or you can't like learn anymore you're just full and you're tired and so it's like this really interesting sort of yeah. You're going to start knitting? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I I did start knitting. I, I taught myself to knit. I knit a hat. But no, no you know what I mean? It really is like interesting. When you see
1: void, like all e- of a sudden you, something is void. Exactly. It's not even, it's just n- nothing. It's just nothing. It's, nothing. it's vanity, right? Yeah. It's just yeah. meaningless.
0: Yeah. It just has no meaning. And then you're like, why would I want to spend hours and hours of my time? On something that actually is not bringing me any joy and is completely meaningless it's not even neutral it's actually taking because it's so meaningless do you know what i mean yes Oh, uh, so anyways so all of those things i just think about the lord you know over the course of the last few years just saying like okay this no no. And I don't want you to speak that way. No. And I don't want you to use that word because that word is inviting, you know, something into your life that is not aligned with my word. Okay. No, I don't, you know, and so on. It just keeps going down to everything. And that's, mm-hmm. I think the cry of my heart as we have this conversation is like, okay, Lord, like keep going, keep going. Cause I'm still not there. I'm no. still missing. I'm still yeah. missing it. Like I'm still not experiencing what I would imagine is the fullness Mm. of what is possible. Mm -hmm. And so the beautiful thing is, and again, I think part of my humanness and my human longing is I want it all. I want to experience all the fullness of God, but that actually is not how God ordained it either. Mm -hmm. God ordained us to be a body. And so he's going to give me a piece and he's going to give you a piece and he's going to give another part of the body a piece. And if we don't work together, we're going to miss, the fullness of what he has for us. So it isn't just about me having all the power and having all the gifts and exercising them all and being this my you know this new savior that's on the earth that's that's even my own carnal fleshly nature mm-hmm. wanting I want more I want more I want more but it is about what is it that God has called me to in the fullness of what Mm -hmm. he's called me Mm -hmm. and how can I rely on you? How can I rely on my other brother Mm -hmm. and my other sister? And how can we do this together as a body to literally express the manifest presence of God together? Mm -hmm. Together, that's how God ordained it. Mm -hmm. That's how God ordained us together as his church,
1: his bride on the earth. Laura, I don't even know if there's more to add to that. That is so powerful. That really just kind of summarized our entire conversation that we are a body and God is partnering with the body of Christ, the church, not just one person, but we have a choice in that journey to say, I will be a part of that. I don't want to, I don't want to be left behind. I want to be a part of what God's doing here and now, not waiting, but just embracing it now. And so I say that I want God to do the same thing in me to go deeper, I want to decrease, become more of him, him take more residence, more space and to be enthroned. And that is moment by moment, conversation by conversation, thought, taking every thought captive. Those are those moments that Holy Spirit helps us yes. and to live in joy and great joy because you know his yoke is easy his burden is light this is not meant to be this yoke of bondage of legalism and of like wow i'm so bad like that's not the yoke we're talking about we're talking about taking on the freedom that christ has paid his price his life with to give us freedom to walk in this relationship with god that we can come into the holy of holies with god and not be disintegrated, because, not die, <laughs> not die because he's holy, because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Christ became sin that we may become righteous before God. And so, because of that, like we said, we accept this beautiful gift of grace, of great kindness. And this is about not ignoring it, but embracing the fullness of it and saying, okay, I'm not going to ignore this. I'm going to tune in, I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to dull. I'm not going to cool off. I am tuning in. So this is the tune up. Like we're tuning in Mm -hmm. conversation. So, Mm -hmm.
0: and we just encourage you if you're listening, you know, I, I believe with all my heart that you guys who are listening, God is doing this in your lives Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. He's speaking these same kind of things. They may be different. They may look different for you, but he is speaking to you. And we just really, really encourage you be obedient and be completely obedient. Yes. Don't don't just don't just test <laughs> complete obedience. Don't just test the waters of <laughs> yes. obedience and try it for a bit. Be completely obedient because on the other side, even if you feel a little bit disillusioned as you lean into some of these things, because as you give up some of these things that you've relied on for a long time, it can feel a little disillusioning. Like, well, what do What do I, what do I do now? Or how do I, how do I deal with this? God will show you, trust him. Rest in that, like kind of rest in that. Don't, don't worry in it, just rest in it. But honestly, complete obedience, lean in because God has something so much better for you on the other side of it. And you might not experience it immediately, like right in the immediate, but eventually you absolutely will experience Mm -hmm. the fullness of what God has for you. And honestly, anything that God lays on our heart. Or reveals to us for us to give up, it is never to withhold from us. In fact, it is just the opposite. That's what the enemy wants us to think that God is just holding out on us, that, you know, he's taking something that you know we enjoy or that's pleasure pleasurable for us or you know all that's what the enemy would want us to think in the midst of this or you know or that we're entering into a space of works or earning the enemy wants to twist these things god actually has tremendous abundance for you on the other side of obedience i mean abundance beyond what you could ever imagine he wants to use your life in a way that that you could never i mean the scriptures actually say beyond all you could ever think or imagine. I mean, it's true. It's true. It sounds so exaggerated, but it's that's true. That's his word. And so grab hold of that promise. Grab hold of that promise and step in and lean into complete obedience, whatever that looks like for you. Because I promise no matter what it is that you're sacrificing on the other side is something so much greater than what you're giving up so much greater you have no idea. And so I'm excited to be on that journey and I feel like I'm I'm on the journey. I haven't I haven't experienced the fullness yet, but I know there's more to come and I can't wait. And I can't wait to see who God places his hand on in the body of Christ in the different parts of what he wants to reveal to us here on the earth. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that I get to be a part of all of it and to see it all unfold together and just to support the body of Christ in
1: it. I'm so excited about that. I am too. And as we close today, we would just want you to know, as we've talked about, you can trust your king. Your king has given you everything you need because he's given you himself. And because he's given you himself, there he is inexhaustible in the provisions and the strength and the power and the ability to do what he's asked you to do. And so may you follow your king one moment, one fully obedient step at a time, but follow him because he is trustworthy and all good things he works together for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Beautiful, and hold your position. Hold your position
0: in Christ, the position that he's given you because of what he's done for you. Hold it, stand firm
1: and be blessed. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.